is Chadwick Boseman dying. Yeah, I didn't uh I don't think anybody foresaw that coming. Um you know, um I think one of the really uh crazy things is you go back and you look at when it said he was diagnosed and then you look at what he did during that time um not only just dealing with the colon cancer but also that was chemotherapy and colonoscopy so like that what i understand that he kept this uh very quiet right yeah extremely private like this was pretty much his inner circle or probably close close team i don't i'm pretty sure probably some of the upper heads at marvel knew but i i, I mean i'm and i'm speculating on that but i doubt like you know I, I seriously doubt if like people like chris evans or robert downey jr or anybody else knew about this yeah that uh you'd want to avoid that leaking as much as possible you know and you know people's people hear about things and leak this kind of stuff like i'm honestly shocked that he was able to keep it under the wraps as much as he did yeah um like i said it's it's extremely uh sad but i mean also uh he was able to accomplish a lot i mean not just i mean i mean uh, he was able to accomplish a lot as an actor and uh as a black actor as well i think he was gonna be I think if he had still lived or was still living, I think he was going to get into that Denzel Washington, Don Cheadle-esque tier of acting. I mean, from, I mean, when you look at his what career, I believe his career primarily got the big jump in 2013 with uh, the Jackie Robinson story, 42. And then the very next year, he was James Brown and Get On Up. Um See, I haven't seen that yet, but I've been wanting to. I was I read something this over this uh yesterday that said it get up get on get on up didn't do what they wanted it to do, but everybody said, you know, like, hey, like he captured James Brown. That's real that's really good. Mm-hmm. I saw uh I recently saw have you seen Dolomite is my name yet? No, and that is on my list to watch. Excellent movie. Really yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, Chadwick Boseman, it's real bad. Like I could I could totally see him being in something like the Equalizer. I mean, he was already Black Panther, you know, but he could also have like his own action vehicle. That's yeah. a bummer. That's why I said he was he was moving quickly into that tier of I mean to do I mean, you know as well as I do, like three to do three important black figures because he did again. He did Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall, all within a span of like he did all of those movies within seven years. Um, so he was easily getting into that next tier of you know that Denzel Washington tier of of acting. Um, so yeah, he probably could have had you know. A, a line of action movies besides, you know, his Marvel Black Panther counterparts. And also, I mean, he's a, he's one of us, you know, he's from, he was born and raised in Anderson, South Carolina. So I did not know that. Yeah. It's about an hour, about an hour and 25, maybe 30 minutes from Aiken. It's, 
I'm almost kind of like it's it's almost kind of like another Aiken to an extent uh up in there in the upstate but yeah he was born and raised uh from Anderson South Carolina damn that's uh that makes this all even the more worse damn but uh it it's rough because uh Chadwick Boseman like he wasn't the only like entertainer to unexpectedly lose his life this week uh are are you familiar with uh the thrash metal band power trip no i'm not wait uh well that name sounds familiar but they do a song called a uh, swing of the axe you may all right anyway they were a very rising thrash metal band mm-hmm. their first two they had two albums out. They were considered very good. I loved them. And their lead singer just, I believe he died on the 24th. That's, I mean, I'm sure, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Did you, was yeah. somebody else die? That? Uh, the only other person I know that passed away on the same day, well, the next day after, he was a... Uh, NBA star for the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, and he was on a number of teams. Cliff Robinson, he was 53. Um, he didn't get his, I mean, I think he didn't get as much coverage just as, I mean, to say that he wasn't important, but I mean, just hearing Chadwick Bozeman, you know, has passed away, I think, unfortunately, that superseded, you know, that, I mean, some deaths supersede, like, I believe it was, uh, when Michael Jackson passed away, I forget it was uh, three deaths that same week, and I can't remember who his uh, superseded. I know, yeah, I remember hearing about this too, because it was somebody you hear, you didn't know they died until you got told about it, and you were like, yeah, it was around the same time Michael yeah. Jackson died. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, I um. Like I said, I hope um, I did see uh, one of the things I did see that was a little alarming. Um, well, I'll say a couple of things, too. I saw Second and Charles post the Augusta store, just post. Uh, they made a post that said R.I.P. Chadwick Bozeman, and they just had a bunch of, you know, Black Panther merchandise, trade paperbacks, the, the movies, etc. And. I don't know, just me. That didn't sit well right with me because I honestly feel like that was a way to capitalize off of somebody's death. I mean, yeah, we both know that that's pretty unethical, but unethical doesn't increase, you know, stockholder shares. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, I, saw, I saw that, and then I saw, um, like, immediately... I mean, we don't even know if this man has been lowered into the ground yet. And immediately people were talking about Black Panther 2, uh, Leave the Movie Alone, um, who's going to be recast. And I was just like, I don't think this is something we need to be thinking about. Like, we need to just let this man's family rest in peace, let his coworkers, you know, grieve in peace. Uh, I think... As far as I know, I mean, that movie was not scheduled to come out until 2022. And I believe they probably were to start filming this year. But due to COVID, I think that put a halt to everything. Oh, so they haven't even started filming yet? Yeah, to my knowledge, they haven't started filming for uh, Black Panther 2. 
Um, I'll just put my two cents on it. I think I don't. I I I think he would not want them to leave this movie alone. I think he would trust uh the director Ryan Coogler and Marvel to pick another uh another suitable person to take the role of T'Challa. Like I mean I, I don't think they've this is just a biased opinion. I don't think Marvel's really missed on some of their character castings. See who do you think should take up the role because uh I just saw the new Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted faced the music. And I, the guy that played Jimi Hendrix in there, I thought I'd, he'd be an all right Black Panther. It's. I know a lot of people were saying, you know, the guy from Get Out, uh, Daniel, I think his name is pronounced Kalua. But the only problem with that is, and I would probably agree with that, the only problem with that is he was in the first Black Panther movie. Um. Off the top of my head, I would say I don't think there's anybody known who could, you know, fulfill that role. But, um, you know, I think there's always a case for, you know, somebody to somebody new to come in and, and take up that mantle. Because, like I said, I, I think here from hearing Chadwick Boseman speak and how just how pivotal he kind of realized that movie was going to be, because I've seen some posts. Um, I, I was reading one post from a photographer who does a lot of uh, who did a lot of cons during the uh, Black Panther and uh, Infinity War or whatnot. And one of the things he said, he he, it was on this post uh, with Chadwick, and he was saying that um, you know, when Chadwick came out to this one con, he had no idea that like the fan reaction, you know, that he was gonna get. Like he was kind of like, whoa, this is you know really surreal like I, I didn't expect this much you know yeah he seemed he was genuinely taken aback by it and yeah it, oh go ahead yeah no yeah he, i mean he was genuinely taken aback by it um like i said it's it's a big big loss uh um like i said i, I hope his family is uh is able to grieve uh in peace um yeah and uh I know this is cliche as hell, and I, I even hate saying it as a religious person, but definitely uh, thoughts and prayers uh, out to them. I mean, in a situation like this, that's really all you can do, you know? Yeah. Just let them grieve and do their thing. Like, at, at least all I've got to say about it is that at least they seem to have gotten their privacy during his passing. I think that was important. Yeah, and um you know what what else was very very shitty is um I can't remember if it was back in March or earlier this year. I think it was in March right as the pandemic hit is there were photos and videos of him that uh that came on Instagram and you could obviously see like okay, something's something's not right like he's lost a lot of weight i thought like initially when i saw it i was like hmm, okay well this must be for a movie role you know i i like i mean we know actors uh put on weight and drop weight all all the times for movie roles yeah like um, christian bale the machinist stuff like that yeah yeah but um the shit that the public gave him like i remember uh 
one of the uh, jokes or memes that I saw was, hmm, the pandemic has turned Black Panther into Crack Panther because you could physically see like how much weight he weight he was losing. Um, that Ooh. that never crossed my mind. I just literally thought like, okay, well maybe he's doing something for you know a role. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those I. That's de- that's definitely something I feel like I can unequivocally say that's a joke that hasn't aged well. <laughs> like, you know, and that's it's only been how many months? <laughs> uh, Yeah, since March, we're in August or pretty much about to be in September. Um, it's pretty much about six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, the half-life of a joke anymore is six months. It's just like the universe is wired that way. Pretty much, but um, yeah, like I said, uh, very sad news. Uh, sad news for a, a great actor, um, great black actor as well. Like I said, um, we don't. I mean, just speaking as a black person, not to harp too much on this. Uh, I haven't seen too many other than maybe like Denzel Washington, Don Cheadle, uh, Chadwick Boseman, and as I mentioned, the uh. The young guy Daniel Kaluuya. He was in Black Panther. He was in Get Out, um, Queen and Slim. I think he's he's a young guy, but I think he's also on his way. He's he's on his way as well, and uh, also uh, Lakeith Stanfield as well. I think he's another one on his way. Uh, what all was he in? Uh, who Lakeith Stanfield? Yeah. Um. So did you ever watch the um Donald Glover's Atlanta on FX? No, I did not. So okay, I think I I, I okay, so and, and probably in our next little topic cuz I cuz I did some homework. I did some homework this week. Um and so I'll I'll give you a little homework assignment to do. Watch um Atlanta on if uh it's uh Atlanta it, it came on FX. It's basically, um, I don't know if that's where Lakeith Sanfield got his start from, but I think that's where most knew him from. He was uh, also in uh, the photograph, Sorry to Bother You. He was in Get Out as well. And I think he's been in another uh, other few movies. And the next movie that's coming out that he's going to be in is the um, is Judas and the Black Messiah, which is based on... I believe the story of Fred Hampton, and I believe. Dude, are you serious? Yeah. It's so weird and you bring that up. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to. No, I was. <laughs> no, you good. Um, but basically, from what I gathered from the trailer, is he's playing basically an informant that infiltrates the Black Panther Party. Like from the trailer, it doesn't give you that much, but you but you see that. But no, the trailer. Uh. The trailer that that looks pretty good. That's why I said, and Daniel Kaluuya is actually playing Fred Hampton, so that's why I said I think he, if he wasn't in Black Panther, the first one, I think he would have been a suitable one to you know take up that role because he he's another one that's on his way. That's crazy. I didn't know he was playing Fred Hampton. That's yeah. awesome though. I think that was one of the first trailers to like. Uh, like one of the very first new trailers that was like post COVID to um 
to get like people excited to go on back to the movies. I didn't even know that they were making a Fred Hampton movie. I guess that just shows how like out of touch I am with certain movies, but yeah, I this mean, trailer only this uh this trailer only came out I think uh maybe about three weeks ago, but um yeah okay so the release date is twenty twenty one um it's done by uh I don't know who this director is Shaka King um but it also looks like it's produced by Ryan Coogler or you know he's a uh, part of it and i mean we know him like i said for i believe he did fruitvale station which is the uh story of oscar grant he also did black panther 1 and Cre- in the first creed movie i still need to watch both of those creed movies like i hear, hear nothing but good things though yeah the first the first one is very good and the um the second one, I won't say. I will. I'll say the first one is good, and the second one is just as good. I um, because I'll say the second one, you kind of, you kind of get a side story that's really important on the Dragos. But um, but yeah. Speaking of um, like I said, with the uh. The Atlanta show, if you have Hulu or you can uh, find a way to stream that, definitely stream that. It's two seasons right now. It's uh, it's definitely coming back. It's coming back, I think, next year. Um, but yeah, it's one of probably one of the best shows on television. 30 minutes. Uh, you probably watch several episodes over again just to kind of catch everything because it's going to make you kind of think. Like I've gone back and watched it twice. I'll definitely check that out because if one of the people's involved is in this uh, crap, I'm gonna have to edit this. Fred Hampton yeah. movie, <laughs> Judas and the. It's called Judas and the Black Messiah. That's the name yeah. of the. Uh, yeah, I have the trailer up now. I'm trying to just process this, and it's it's crazy because people want to talk about fucked up shit like what happened to fred hampton that was like good god the fbi outright drugged him and shot him in his sleep dude damn when you read about the things that happened to the black panthers like it's it's just kind of like well shit yeah and I think I was reading something the other day, like the only reason we know about all this is because some just a couple degenerate assholes broke into a FBI field office and leaked the COINTELPRO papers. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> now, see, that's the thing. I, didn't, I never knew that was um, that was leaked. Um, but I had always wondered, like, how did they get this in the information? Like I've seen um on a couple of. uh on a couple of documentaries where obviously they show you, you know, the FBI documents with the, uh, the black lines through some of them, but I didn't know some of those stuff that, uh, stuff was broken into and leaked. Yeah. And I, let me see if I can find the name of the people real quick, but it was two legit people. I'm just going to be real quick if Mm -hmm. I can't find it, but, 
Yeah, I can't find the leaks real quick, but nah, they were. I can't find it, but yeah, no, that this shit actually happened. It was real, and it it sucks that more people don't know about this shit. That shit happened all throughout the '60s, '70s. Like, if there was any sort of like black resistance movement or like even any sort of like working class movement, the FBI would or any of the alphabet agencies would do all sorts of fucked up shit to quash it. I mean, we've seen, like I said, uh, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've, I read about what happened to black wall street and, um, you know, I had known about that for, you know, a long time. Uh, I remember, I think, uh, I think it's a show on HBO called the Watchmen. Um, yeah, it's based on the comic. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, they had an episode about that. And just I remember uh, I was checking my Twitter feed that night and I remember a lot of people were legitimately unaware that, you know, hey, a bunch of uh, white supremacists possibly, you know, connected to the government burned down uh, this section in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was pretty much, you know, black people coming to economic freedom. Um, yeah, it 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 by any other definition, it would have been terrorism. Yeah, like it wouldn't have been just terrorism. It would have been the start. Well, not even the start, but a a genus. It's a targeted genocidal act. Yeah, like this is some. Like when I think of things like that, like I legitimately always, and unfortunately, and I hate to, I hate to do this. Uh, I always go back to a uh, legacy of Kane and I think of, you know, this is how Mobius launched, you know, the genocidal warfare on the vampire race. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you just got to find your own way of processing it all and kind of trying to live with it. I guess it's like, I don't mean to get dark on this podcast, but, uh, We've been kind of run by crooks for years, and it's it's uh, not just a Democrat <laughs> or Republican thing. Yeah, I think it's we can scary. say, I think we can say we've been run by crooks. Is is that's gone back as far as Napoleon? <laughs> yeah, easily. Uh, but on a, a lighter note, like I said, I did do some homework uh, this week, and I watched both Batman versus Superman. The uh, extended ultimate cut and i watched justice league what did you think um so batman versus superman i didn't think was terrible um it just literally felt like you guys were trying to cram in as much as possible in three hours and it almost it like I almost want to say like Batman versus Superman is Justice League the prelude. Um, Jesse Eisenberg is I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't think he's Lex Luthor. Um, when I think of Lex Luthor, I think of like a mafioso, strict capitalist American businessman that's gonna fuck you over 
at any chance that's firm in his word, like almost like a, a mob boss. Like to me, seeing Lex Luthor, like, you know, talk like, fast. And like fidget, a Walter like, White type. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Like seeing him fidget, I was just like, I this isn't the Lex Luthor that I've, you know, read and read about in comics and things like that. Um, Justice League, it wasn't bad, but again, it just felt like this is rushed. Like, I felt like, just in a comparison to the Avengers, like, the the story building to the Avengers was just a lot better. But what I will say is, Justice, the Justice League cut that I saw was only two hours, so I'm really interested now in the uh, Snyder cut to see what this other two hours of material are. Yeah, I mean, um, something that I'm curious about now, having knowing the Snyder cuts confirmed and all, is that is this Snyder cut, you know, his initial Snyder cut, or is it the Snyder, or is it just him being given the blank check and being, you know, told, you know, do what you want to do? Or is this everything that he had recorded initially and they're just re-editing it? Like, I feel like it's everything he recorded initially. All right, cool, cool. Um, but one thing I will say, I think, I think everybody was pretty much casted right. Um, surprisingly, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. That's uh, surprisingly, that's been kind of a universal thing. People like Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I thought, even though I don't like Superman, I thought Henry. Uh, is it Cavill or Cavill? Hen- I'm pretty sure it's Cavill. Henry Cavill, I mean, I was like, damn, you know, I, I didn't see Man of Steel, but um, I was like, man, when I think of Superman, I kind of could think of this guy. <laughs> Honestly, and this might be a hot take, I think Man of Steel is the best DC superhero movie like in their Justice League universe so far. I like uh, Man of Steel. I didn't see Man of Steel. I haven't seen Man of Steel and Suicide Squad and Aquaman. Um, however, I will say I think the best movie in the Justice League universe uh, had to be the first Wonder Woman movie. I have not seen that yet. Very, very good film. The only thing, and I know you and me have discussed this before, um, is I just wish they would kind of get rid of that grayish filter that they... uh shoot their movies in (laughs) it's we actually had a conversation with the director of this uh movie called beyond the gates it's a very like 80s retro horror movie Mm -hmm. so you'd think in that type of movie you know they would have that real like obnoxious grainy filter Mm -hmm. but no even he had the sense to pull back on that you know so yeah, these all these weird post processing effects and movies, mm-hmm. I I'm not a huge fan of them. Yeah, like I I just like I said, I, I hate to compare it to Marvel films, but those Marvel films, like I, I feel like this is a regular movie I'm watching. Like it's got the color, but I feel like I need like some special glasses to watch these these DC movies. And like I said, I don't think they're bad. Um. You know, I do feel, like I said, other than Wonder Woman, 
and I haven't seen Aquaman. I heard uh, mixed reviews about Aquaman. I didn't really hear anything about Suicide Squad. Um, so I'll have, I'll, I want to check both of those out as well. But I, I definitely have to say these movies aren't bad. Um, I think a general consensus for me is, I mean, they feel rushed. But I mean, needless to say, Marvel didn't hit the park out of everything because uh what iron man 2 iron man 3 <laughs> thor 2 yeah and captain marvel are pretty awful <laughs> yeah i was talking to justin about this the other night not but i still think you know even at their worst the marvel movies are still just like you know a gray blur they're not offensively bad you know like at least just from my point of view, like Thor, the dark world. Yeah. It's forgettable. Iron Man three. Yeah. I hate, I hate what they did to Ben Kingsley, but it, it's, it's still like, somewhat enjoyable. I just didn't get any of that, you know, likability out of the DC movies on top mm-hmm. of what you said about it feeling very rushed. I felt the same way. Like it felt like honestly, and this may be a stretch of a comparison, but it felt like the Marvel Universe was the Street Fighter, like they were Capcom, and DC is SNK. It's like, hey, we gotta, okay, like, Capcom has multiple versions of Street Fighter 2, but King of Fighters has probably eight King of Fighters games all the way from 94 to 2017. See, I have never heard that comparison before. Mm-hmm. But given my limited knowledge of SNK, I think it's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, I mean, you got to think. Like, there was KOF 94, 95, 96, 97. 98 is held as one of the best ones. 99, 2000, 2001. Whereas you had Street Fighter 2 from, I, I think, maybe 92 or 93. All the way up until what 1999 when Street Fighter 3 New Generation came out. Like, like I said, that might be an odd comparison, uh, but that that's the way I think of it. Is like I feel like DC kind of rushed to get those out. Um, but uh, like I said, I don't I don't think they're bad movies. Like I said, some I, I could easily watch uh, Justice League again. Um, I don't think I watch Batman vs Superman again just because I don't feel like I need to. Um, that's one of the, that's not to say it's like I said it's bad, but it's just like hmm, I don't really need to watch this again. You know, so there's some movies I won't watch again. Like I won't watch Captain Marvel again. Like I don't, like I said, I just think that movie is bad. It's nothing to do with Brie Larson. I know she had some controversy in her press runs or whatnot, but no, I just think that movie's just bad. I think the only cool thing about it is. There's a blockbuster in the first five minutes. <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely not a good review. Damn. <laughs> and I have not seen that movie yet. Don't plan on it. <laughs> You're not missing anything. And surprisingly, I, I think um, a lot. I, like I said, some people like that movie, Um, you know, to each his own. But I remember I tried to watch that movie at my desk one day. And it put me to sleep instead of keeping me awake. <laughs> and then I tried to finish it at home. And it just, it took me forever to finish that movie. It literally took me two weeks to finish that movie. 
that's never a good sign. Yeah. See, I, like I, I, that's rough because man, the new Bill and Ted is pretty awesome. Like I'm not like it's an hour and a half long, and I thought it was way longer because I was engaged the mm-hmm. whole time. And to hear, it's just to hear people talk about shit like Captain Marvel. It's like, yeah, I've definitely been there before. The entire runtime of The Last Jedi, I was just asking, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And who greenlit this movie? Yeah, I I haven't seen any of the new Star Wars movies, but... um... I know some people that like them, and then I know a lot of people hated them. Um, I mean, people are entitled to their opinion, you know, but for me personally, I mean, the first Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, was it was an okay reboot. Yes, it was a retreading of A New Hope, but as far as I'm concerned... If Disney were going to reboot the Star Wars series, that's all that needed to be. It it set up quite a few things that you could go a few different ways with down the road. Then The Last Jedi comes along and throws all (laughs) that set up out the window and says none of this matters at all. And I think The Last Jedi Jedi is in the same... uh in the same classroom with the Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, easily. Like, I love The Last Jedi or hate The Last Jedi. I think I've thought about this long enough to come up with a pretty coherent argument, and my argument is that Disney did not pay $5 billion to George Lucas for divisive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I I just that's just me, but anyway, yeah, Bill and Ted's awesome, so it's a good movie. Go see that one. I don't. You know, every every time I think of Bill and Ted, I think of how many times when I was a kid. Uh, you remember when Fox Fifty Four used to show movies on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, like, yeah. I remember watching Bill and Ted to their uh, bo- I think it's Bogus Journey. I remember watching that so many times. <laughs> I mean, if you like that movie, you'll enjoy this one. It's uh, it does. It's not preachy. It's just fun. Like you, you know what you're getting into going into a Bill and Ted movie. You gotta sort of dumb down your thought processes a bit. It's a dumb comedy, but it's also got like it's smart in places. Really well written. I even like the actresses that played their daughters. Very well done, all oh, around. So this was just this was literally just released two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sh- oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. all right, cool. I'll, I'll definitely uh watch this, but it's also Keanu Reeves, and I mean, he's probably one of the best human beings on earth from just the interviews I've seen. Um, yeah, he seems like a pretty chill dude. Yeah. <laughs> like he's. It's- He's one of those Jeff Bridges types of celebrities. Yeah, you know? definitely makes me want to watch it. I haven't watched any of the John Wick films, but um, you haven't seen any of them? No, I have not seen any of the John Wick films. I haven't seen the last movie with Keanu Reeves. I probably saw was The Matrix Reloaded. 
the John Wick movies are probably the best just pure action. It's the best pure action franchise out today, period, in my opinion. you It's classy. All the, the stunt work is insane. Like, mm-hmm. it's got... It's like a film noir Max Payne type thing, but it's also got like a dash of the Jackie Chan police story type stuff. Mm-hmm. It you you dig those movies a lot. I heard uh Aries Spears, uh the comedian, he said uh on his podcast, he was saying uh you know what, the John Wilk Wick films, he said these films are for guys just to go to the movies or sit at home and just watch uh watch a bunch of violence talk a bunch of shit and you know just have a good time he was like these are legitimate guy movies he was like i feel like guys were thought of when they uh came up with this movie i mean it it definitely i would say yeah they are definitely targeting <laughs> a male audience because i mean they know who they're targeting to because there's so many like matrix actors in it. There's so many winks and nods. It's me and Justin got a theory that this is all leading to a big matrix crossover. Well, it's supposed to come. The John Wick four is supposed to come out at that. And the matrix four is supposed to come out on the same day. Correct. Yep. Yep. You know, now that I'm speaking of the matrix, now that I'm older, I kind of, want to go back and see if I understand those movies. I mean, I think if you're looking for something to just have, like, jog your mind a bit, you could definitely do worse. The, uh, especially, I think I've grown to like Revolutions. The last one, over time, Mm -hmm. it's different and, like, everybody has their opinion on the matrix trilogy like i definitely would have ended things differently myself but i think all three matrix movies are solid in their own way well the first one i just fast forwarded to the action scenes Uh, i'm not gonna lie when i was younger um i've watched the matrix reloaded when it was on when we had satellite at my parents house um and I never saw the Matrix Revolutions. I never saw the Animatrix. I played maybe five minutes of Enter the Matrix uh, for the Xbox. Oh, God. You know, the Xbox version of that game had a bug that affected like 80% of the copies. Like, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like you beat a boss and the door after you beat him wouldn't open. And the only way to get around it was to keep restarting until it didn't happen. (laughs) I figured the Xbox version would have been the best because I heard the PS2 version was awful. I mean, graphics-wise, yeah. The Xbox version, like, 90% of the time looked... Like, the Xbox version was the one to get, but there are these weird edge cases like Enter the Matrix and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2 where... Mm -hmm. That game looks way better, but runs at half the frame rate, so it just feels worse. But, yeah. Speaking of such things as video games, uh, have you heard about this Resident Evil TV series coming to Netflix? 
You know, I I saw something about that, and it looks like are they revisiting the mansion story again? Nah, they said that this is taking place like decades after the official timeline. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, okay, maybe a, a hot take for me. I'm kind of Resident Eviled out. <laughs> I can agree with that because, uh, all right, like you played you played Resident Evil Seven, right? Yep. Can you tell me, like, does that even go with the story, or yeah, is it, it a DLC part that goes with the story? Nah, it ties into it pretty neatly. I, if you want me to tell you how it ties into it, I will. But uh, I just don't want to spoil it for anybody out there. I can edit it if you want me to. Or, But, I mean, yeah, it does tie into the story. And I do agree that I am kind of Resident Evil out. I think that they should just taper off on Resident Evil until 8 comes out. Because that one looks different enough to where I'd be like, okay, I'm willing to do this again like i don't know i feel like at one point it was like it just honestly seems like there's no end to this series in sight or like if you're not gonna end it at least give it like a hard reboot like like they kind of did the tomb raider series yeah yeah i can see that the only thing is, I just don't, I feel like Capcom have, like, written themselves into this corner because yeah. they have this world that's so big and that they can explore, but at the same time, it's also so convoluted for people coming in. I feel like Resident Evil is, like, the video game version of the Fast and the Furious. You guys started out Street Racers... And then you turn into pretty much a underground Black Ops team, <laughs> unofficial Black Ops team on like the CIA or, you know, FBI's, you know, when they want something done, you know, under the books. <laughs> like it's yeah. like how like how much more wild how much more wily e. coyote shit are you guys gonna put into these games like it it's like, fam, are, are we going to pull a Dino Crisis 3 and, and be in space now? Space dinosaurs? You know what? Since we're t since everybody's getting their own uncut versions of shit, their own director's cuts anymore, how about we get a cut of Dino Crisis 3 where the camera actually functions like it should? But like, I'd, I'd play that game again if the camera were fixed. So you actually played that game? Yeah, yeah. How how was it? Does it go with the? I mean, I don't think you don't play as Regina, do you? Or does it take place? It it, uh, it shouldn't even be called Dino Crisis, really. It's uh, yes, it's it's more arcadey, like Dino Crisis Two was, but it's the the camera breaks that game. I mean, talking about the story, it's a real japanese b-movie horror type thing doesn't really matter but i remembered the base gameplay being decent enough to where i was like okay if they sorted the camera this could be fun like the same with two human 
Yeah, I did hear that. Well, I didn't really hear that was a problem for Two Human, but I never heard anything about Dino Crisis Three. I just remember it coming out. I remember it coming out, but I don't ever remember actually seeing it in the stores. I had a hard copy for my Xbox. I got it for my birthday one year. And I only ever played it through once and Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really all that needs to be said about it. I'd still play it through again though if you fix the camera, you know. If Metal Wolf Chaos can get a release, then Dino Crisis three can get a re release, I guess. Yeah. But I think uh, as far as Resident Evil goes, I think um, at at this point, I think you guys have made your money. Um, and, you know, I, I'm open to watching this TV series if it's good. Um, I think you guys just started churning out those movies. Like, I don't think I even saw the last two Resident Evil movies. Um, but as far as the games, I'll just go ahead and say... Um, I think this one deserves a reboot. I think you guys kind of written yourselves into like a plot hole and maybe, you know, the story isn't just, the story just isn't there. Like, I'm not invested in the story of Resident Evil anymore. Like, I think it's time for a reboot or either if you guys are literally going to remake stuff, like, start doing some serious retcons and provide explanations, you know, and connections to these games. I mean, yeah, I've pretty much played every single Resident Evil game, but it's 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 the same with Metal Gear. It's very hard for me to keep up with like, okay, this lab was experimenting on this variant of the T-Virus on this island, and on also on this cruise ship there was this shit going on. And there's this character we haven't checked in on in a few games, but we're bringing him back again, so you better know who the fuck he is, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because I think there were also um, some CG movies released that actually fit within the timeline. Yeah, that Resident Evil Vendetta movie or whatever it was called. Yeah, but um, have they said any cast? Like, who who's the cast for uh, this Resident Evil script, or is it just saying that it's coming to Netflix? I just saw that it was coming to Netflix. I didn't see anything about a cast, and it they were just saying that it's decades after, like, the game timeline. Like, they're basically doing their own thing, basically, again, just like the movies, but with a Netflix series. I I, I have a five-episode minimum, so I'll, I'll at least watch it. Um, I don't know what the purpose of doing five, I mean, doing decades beyond the video game series does but i mean yeah yeah that 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 part doesn't make sense to me that's part where i'm a little worried about it like i mean are there any like are there any like redfields or weskers or is weskers dna still a thing or it's apparently weskers daughters are involved somehow let me All right, yeah. Let me send you this link. All right, yeah, there you go. 
Okay. Follows 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker, the daughters of Albert Wesker, who are living in a place called New Raccoon City. I mean, well, that kind of makes... Okay, uh, the second timeline is more is set more than 10 years in the future when Earth's population has been reduced to just 15 million people. Well, I mean, yeah, because you guys nuked... Uh, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert if you haven't played Resident Evil 2 from 1998. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> but they nuked yeah. the city. <laughs> I mean, if this shit just spreads, like, what other option did they have, I guess? Yeah, so, okay, I mean, yeah, this, this, it could be promising. Like I said, I think when it comes to um, Netflix-oriented content, um, I'd like to say, in my opinion, they've had a 70% success rate. Um, I know certain shows like Glow with the uh, female wrestling was popular. I um, like Glow a lot. Yeah. At least the first season. I enjoyed um, the fuck out of the first season of Glow. And uh, the latest Netflix show that I watched was uh, Ozark. I'd, what is that about? So it's, uh, it's about Jason Bateman and his family uh, moving to the... O- I think it's a town called the Ozarks or a, a place in Missouri called the Ozarks and it's basically about them laundering money. Oh, huh. And That's... I'll say this, I didn't think you know, I watched Jason Bateman in Arrested Development, but he is a very versatile actor. Yeah, he is. He uh I'm trying to think of what else I saw him in that I was impressed. Uh, I think it was this uh this Mike Judge movie called extract i think he was in that was pretty good but yeah him and arrested development is legendary yeah Yeah, and it's kind of it was a little weird because that was the last thing i saw him in or that i watched him in so to see him go from this sarcastic you know this sarcastic like way of uh acting to this like super serious accountant you know that you know, was focusing on money laundering. Like, like I mean, it, that that's another show I, I definitely recommend watching. Uh, I think they've got three seasons. Uh, very, very well. Very well done. And and one thing I do like about uh, this show, Ozark, is um, they're coming out with the fourth and final season. So it's like, it's kind of like that Breaking Bad. Like, hey, we're starting here, we're ending here. Like, this isn't going to go on until it's, you know, canceled, or, you know, it's basically we're telling the story, and we're also going to tell you the ending. Speaking of Breaking Bad, I have not seen it yet. I just want to get your opinion on it. What did you think of El Camino? Uh, it was good, but it wasn't necessary. Ah. Uh, yeah. I see. Like, it's a, like, it's a good watch, um... You know, there are there's a really good quote from Walt in that movie. Um, but yeah, it's it was good. But like I said, it just if I had never saw that movie, 
I'd still be good. It's, is it? Uh, is go it ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, is it basically just Jesse tying up loose ends? Like, yeah, yeah, to an ex- to an extent, yeah. It's, it's kind of extent to him tying up loose ends. I definitely say Better Call Saul is way better. I have watched quite a few episodes of Better Call Saul, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I know it started. I know the first season. I thought the first season was great. Um, and I know it started a little slow, but like the storytelling in Better Call Saul is like is really good. And I haven't seen I think this season yet because I usually wait till the season ends so I can. That's one of the shows that I do binge watch. Um, but just even I mean just the way they told the story. I mean with Buck uh, and and Jimmy like the dynamic between them like it that's amazing yeah i really liked uh i watched quite a few episodes from the first season of better call soul and i really liked their use of red herrings like that mm-hmm. one plot line they had where it was like uh the family had been kidnapped by drug dealers or something like that oh yeah it, yeah it turns out the whole family was in the woods or something mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that yeah yeah, if you, I, I recommend if you haven't caught up, definitely, uh, definitely catch up because that show only like it's just like, it's one of those shows where you think, man, can the writing get better? Okay, it, it got better. Good. That's something you don't hear very often, but I'm I glad mean, it's when Vince it happens. Gilligan. Yeah, it's Vince Gilligan. <laughs> he he started off on X Files and ended up. Uh, with what many consider to be the greatest show in television history. Yeah, so far I've heard uh, Breaking Bad and The Wire are 1A and 1B. Mm. See, I need to watch more of The Wire. I like what I've seen, but I have not seen much of it. That's another series I've been told to watch um, a good bit of, uh, because I've told, like, just the writing is superb. Um... And that's an overall great series. That they say that's one of the se- that and Breaking Bad are the two series that were pretty much like, hey, we told a story and like we're gonna end this story, but it's like people were satisfied with the ending of it. Yeah, I mean, you think that coming up with an ending would just be pretty like you know a foregone conclusion by now, but. It's like people in high places getting paid way more than we do don't know how to write an ending. And to an extent, I feel sorry for them, but also to an extent, fuck them. Because <laughs> it's like I it, I understand I'm a pleb for all intents and purposes. I'm a surf, mm-hmm. but if I'm watching your movie... And I'm just like, okay, I don't think these characters have any motivation at all. Why do I care? You're failing in your job because your job is to make me as a pleb care. (laughs) You know, and very few pieces of media have been able to do that recently. That's how I feel about Resident Evil. Like, I'm not invested in the story of, of any of these characters anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh... Something that I am excited about, though, is uh, I don't 
I'm not sure if you've heard all of the Black Ops 1 stuff that they announced after they put out that teaser. Or the Black Ops Cold War stuff. My bad. Um, No, I didn't hear about it. I saw, I saw the trailer, but I didn't see uh what they were talking about. All right. It's <clears> a... um, oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying it, this doesn't have anything to do with the... Uh, Ronald Reagan sends you to do uh, war crimes, is it? No, no. I mean, I'm the thing about Black Ops is like I've seen I've seen a lot of articles like that, but I don't think it's going to be that kind of story because Black Ops One wasn't that kind of a story. It's not gonna like glorify war crimes or anything like that. Like they make it very clear. In the Black Ops games, at least to me, like, not nah, all of this is fucked up. Everything's beyond fucked, but, nah, I mean, apparently the new Black Ops is supposed to be a direct sequel to Black Ops 1, a whole bunch of returning characters. The original writer, David Goyer, who wrote the Dark Knight movies, is coming back, so that's something that I have faith in right now. I don't think they'll fuck up Black Ops Cold War. I, you know, speaking of um, I know I hate to go on a tangent, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like. I mean, I remember the story of the first Black Ops, and I like I said, I want to play that again. And um, just based off the trailer, I I I'll purchase this Call of Duty game um, just for the story alone. Um, but I want to revisit and watch those uh, those uh. The Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, I do too. Because I remember a whole bunch of individual scenes from them. But it's been a while since I've sat back and watched all of them. I will say, I don't think I have to watch The Dark Knight. I think I primarily just want to watch Batman Begins and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Bane's my favorite part of all those movies. Yeah. Which, I mean, since watching uh, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, I am back on a small DC kick. Um, like I said, I was firing up Arkham City uh, on the PS4. Um, and I'm going to be real with you. Maybe I should have played this game on PC, but I honestly feel like this game maybe did not age that well. I mean, the PC version does have a bunch of extra physics stuff that make it just... It's eye candy, I know, but it is a bit of an upgrade. Uh, I wasn't even going to say that. Like, the game looks good, but it's just, like, the map system, like, I, I just feel like it's almost, like, a little bit primitive. Um, And I'm kind of trying to... Like, I'm not going to lie, I'm trying to rush through it because I want to start Arkham Origins on pc oh yeah i looked into that it is the same studio that's making the uh arkham knights oh you mean the uh gotham knight yeah uh, got, got gotham, yeah. yeah yeah it's the same studio i mean i heard good thing like i said i didn't hear anything bad about uh arkham origins so i mean if it i mean like i say these games are pretty good action games um I think games like these have a ton of potential to release uh release future content for. 
Um, yeah, I don't see how. I mean, I feel like you kind of have a gold mine in your hands with this, but you know, it's up to the developers to screw it up. But if it's the same uh, developer who did Arkham Origins, then you know, I I got pretty good faith in them. Yeah, and uh, I'll just say that Warner Brothers, the last thing that they want to do is fuck up their gaming division too right now. You know, I feel like, yeah, Joker was a good movie, got them a lot of good press, sold really well, but the thing about the DC movies before very recently is that they've all either bombed or didn't make nearly as much money as they wanted them to. Yeah, I think Joker exceeded their expectations. Which, by the way, what did you think? What What did you think of the movie? I thought it was great, and one of the main reasons I thought it was great was because there were all these people. I'm sure you read this, like talking about how the movie's going to incite violence from white supremacists and stuff like that. But then the second you watch the movie, it's just like, no, this is a commentary on classism. And how important mental illness services are. And you're all a bunch of, you know, histrionic idiots. And it's yeah. a great movie. I love yeah, Joaquin I, I got Phoenix that. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did, um, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I will say one of the parts that got me is like when, I think toward the end of the movie, when the cop car crashes and he's on on top of the car or whatnot, he's kind of like, I think that's when he kind of really realizes like, okay, I kind of get away with any fucking thing right now. (laughs) Like these people are cheering me because of something, but they have no clue that I'm about to, you know, wreak havoc on this city. (laughs) Yeah. And if, I did see the trailer for the new Robert Pattinson Batman. Yeah, we didn't talk about that last week. Yeah, I didn't know it was out, but, um, you know, I feel like Robert Pattinson, he gets a raw deal because of Twilight, which I think everybody knows this by now, but even the actors involved in Twilight didn't like Twilight. It was just a paycheck. Fam, I'm about to say, I would like to see the residuals from... I would like to see his residuals and royalties from those four Twilight films because you worked in Target the same time I did. Like, yeah, it was in, everywhere. Every end cap, like, like every end cap. I mean, what the countless, the movie. I mean, not just the books, but the movies that were sold. I mean, the merchandise from T-shirts, from just Team Edward, Team Jacob. Like, I would love to see. Robert Pattinson's, you know, I would love to see what his residuals are for those movies. Yeah, they probably weren't great, but I'm like, hey, I I know you made a shit ton of money on those movies. Yeah, he had to. And I mean, the thing about, I guess, having fuck you money is you get to say fuck you and do whatever you want now, which is what he's been doing. He's worked with David Cronenberg a lot and now he's doing Batman, and I gotta say from this trailer that a lot of people were given the one shot of him with the makeup on beneath his eyes a lot of shit, but I was like, look, that works for me, that's realistic. Like, you know, he would have some sort of darkener underneath his mask to, like, cover up what type of ethnicity he is if he's Batman. And 
he's that's yeah. not gonna go away once he takes the mask off. So yeah, I mean, because I think in most of the Batman movies, like they have like a little dark thing of like black makeup anyway to uh like hide the eyes. But what I will say is um. <laughs> Well, one funny thing I saw was um somebody literally did like the Arkham Asylum Arkham City counter. They did the little counter indicator oh. <laughs> <laughs> when obviously he beats the the yeah. dog shit out of the out of the thug, and I was just like, all right, that's great. But um, nah, it looks like I said, it looks good. Um, I would hope, and again, this is just me. I would hope uh. Hey, I think it's time to uh, go the Logan route and rate this movie R. Um, I would like to see that being an R-rated movie, um, and I would like to see like what is he gonna do as Bruce Wayne? Like, is he gonna put on like some lean muscle? Like, I mean, because he ain't have a drop of muscle on him in Twilight. Like I said, I watched the first two of those films, and I mean, to be Bruce Wayne, like you gonna need some protein. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I hope they go hard R2 with it because I saw a few people saying like, you know, he kind of went a bit too brutal on the thug or whatever in the trailer. But I was like, if he's supposed to be like young Batman, he's supposed to be a bit unhinged. You know, he's a vigilante with whose parents got killed with access to a shit ton of money. But I'm, that's just the way I see it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, um, and I'll be also I'll also say this when I first kind of saw like the initial teaser, I think they came out maybe late last year. Like it was a teaser of just like what the outfit would look like. Um, I was thinking kind of more Batman Beyondish, and I was thinking like even when I watched this trailer, I was just like, man, he would. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the Batman Beyond cartoon? Yeah, I remember the uh, Return of the Joker, like, one-off movie they did. I didn't really watch that whole cartoon, but I did watch that movie once or twice. That, um, the three seasons of that show are actually really good, and that's what I was thinking of when I saw, like, I didn't see Bruce Wayne when I saw him. Like, I saw Terry, I saw, like, I kept thinking during the trailer, I was like, man, he would probably play an awesome Terry McGinnis. Like, and then I could see Ben Affleck playing like that older batman or that older bruce wayne you heard that uh michael keaton and ben affleck are coming back like it, with the new flashpoint paradox movie and shit right so forgive me forgive me if i'm wrong but if i'm not mistaken isn't is that movie is the flashpoint paradox are they gonna it sounds like they're going to try to do that to kind of reboot the DC universe. That's exactly what they're going to do. That's exactly what they're going to do. And I mean, like, from what's been explained to me and what all I've seen about The Flash, like, he's basically DC's Gandalf, you know, their get-out-of-jail-free card. They can do time travel with him. They can do multiple realities. Why not do it? Yeah, I definitely have to even say um the Flash in Justice League. I thought he was casted pretty well. Um he it I will say this, he seemed it seemed like they were trying to go maybe Tom Holland-esque uh like like a Tom Holland-esque character 
with him in the flat in uh Justice League, but um I still think uh Grant Gustin who plays the Flash on uh the CW series, which is a great series by the way. Um I I don't know, like if, it, if there was some way like I would have, you know, found a way to get him in, keep him on the show and put him in that movie. <laughs> there I mean I've heard that about a couple of different of those CWDC shows, like the people who like Constantine think Matt Ryan was great. I've heard the Flash one, like you said, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard mixed things about Green Arrow, but I've heard mixed things about all of those CW shows with the exception of those couple ones. So I'll say um, Green Arrow, the first three seasons are really good then it's like the fourth season is really terrible and then it's like the fifth season (laughs) gets back uh gets back up and then it's like the sixth and seventh season are pretty good and i haven't finished the uh eight the final eighth season but uh yeah I'll, i'll say to do what they did with what they had on a limited character like green arrow um you know with limited it's like it's like you know hey they they were able to go to Gotham City you know and it's like Batman was kind of a rumor but that's because like you know uh the Batwoman show was being uh developed or whatnot so they were you know inserting that into the universe you know but um most of those shows were pretty good um some of them have failed to like some some of them have like an awful season like I think each one of them has an awful season, with the exception of the Flash. But um, nah, I'm I'm really interested to see uh what they do with this Flashpoint paradox uh movie. And is this uh I'm looking at the cast list for uh the Batman now, and one thing that kind of uh sticks out to me is uh I see Colin Farrell is gonna play Oswald Cobblepot's uh yeah AKA that's the, the Penguin. penguin. Yeah, you, there's a shot of him in the trailer real quick. It, it, do, it doesn't look like Colin Farrell at all. I'm really interested to see that because it's like... Penguin's just a short, fat guy, kind of. Yeah, and like Colin Farrell is the opposite actor you would think of if you're trying to cast the Penguin. He's just... But if he can pull it off, then he can do it. He's been leaning towards like the more, I don't want to say Oscar Beatty, but more roles that kind of flex, flex his acting chops lately, you know? I mean, whenever I think of the Penguin, I see, uh, I just think of Danny DeVito, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Batman I, Returns. I think that's that's what everybody thinks of. He's he, That casting was perfect. Yeah, I'm on a like I said, I, I've still been on a pretty uh big DC kick. I want to play um some more of the games. I do want to see if I can. I don't know if an Xbox uh, original Xbox emulator. I know I have a modded one. Um, there are no actual functioning Xbox emulators. It sucks, but yeah, because I yeah. want to play that uh I want to play that Justice League game. 
I remember that. That was by the same people that made Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. It was like a top-down RPG thing. Never played it, but I remember it being advertised. Yeah, because I wanted to know. I was like, oh, is this like the X-Men Legends or Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, series, but with uh, Justice League? Like, I even want to go back, um, like, on my Raspberry Pi this week, I'm going to play some of the old uh, Batman games. Like, I know some of them are pretty (laughs) god-awful. You know, the Batman Begins game isn't too bad. That's one of the ones, I have that for the original Xbox uh, and physical copy. Um, that's one of the ones I want to play. Um, like, I'm even down to play some of the uh, Superman games. Like, <laughs> Just avoid Superman 64. I'm sure there are other bad ones, but as long as you avoid that one, you can avoid cancer, I guess. I remember my cousin... Uh, when he first got his Xbox, he bought a uh, Superman Returns, and for the original Xbox, and I forgot that game even existed. But I like going back looking at it, like um, like I just remember I I, I was thinking it was so cool, you know. Oh well, I mean, man, like I'm not a fan of Superman, but I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know. He can fly, and you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those first open world games, or uh, I'd say sandbox games to a degree. Yeah, that, uh, I remember that one. I also remember that, uh, I think it came out on PS2 and GameCube. I'm not sure if it had an Xbox release, but it was a cell-shaded Superman game. I think it was called Superman Shadow of Apocalypse. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, alright, cool, cool. You ever play that one? No, I didn't play it. I used to see it all the time in, uh, in GameStop, but I wanted to, uh, but I wanted to play it. I always like that one's art style. That one just stuck out to me. Like, I'm like you. I'm not the biggest Superman guy, but I just think that's one of those characters that's very hard to get right in a video game because the character, the player has to feel vulnerable somehow, but he's a god. Yeah. Um, which you know, some of the Superman games, I'll be honest, like were weren't bad. Like, um, oh wait, hold on, was that which Superman game? Oh no, that was that. Okay, so the Xbox game we were thinking of wasn't Superman Returns. It was Man of Steel. Oh, it was uh developed by Circus Freak, and uh, it was under the Atari brand name. I wonder who the hell owns Atari now. Because somebody's got to own them. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, okay, that was 2006. Okay, so I never even saw, um, Superman Returns, the, uh, (laughs) I never saw this one. And the Superman Returns one was done by, it was done by EA. Huh. Yeah, it was released for the DS, PS2, Xbox, and Xbox 360. I don't even remember that one. I've isn't Superman Returns like that movie like a supposedly a direct sequel to the Christopher Reeve ones? I believe so. Um, 
oh wow, I had no clue that Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor. <laughs> I blocked this movie out of my memory out of my memory bank. Oh damn. I remember going to go see this movie and was I was like, this was the first movie I went and saw and was just like I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> was it like what did they screw up in it as as far as regards to the characters go? Oh, I can't tell you anything about Superman. I just know this was just a bad movie. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering nobody really talks about it anymore, I'm inclined to believe you. Because comic book movies, even if they're all right, they tend to get their fans, you know? But Yeah, and I understand that... Um. You know, everything is not going to be completely to the comic. Like, you have to give some Hollywood interpretation to some things, which is fine. But it's just like, hey, you have a blueprint. Why? I, I Maybe the first movie isn't the time to deviate from it. I mean, that's the... I feel like that's kind of where a lot of the friction lately not just in comics but in movies games anything books is coming from fans and creators you know because you have these new creators who are taking over these decades old properties star wars star trek you know james bond all this stuff and they want to put their stamp on it which is understandable but it's also like you know a new guitarist coming up to play with Metallica and they play a completely different solo than what's in Master of Puppets. Well, the Star the Star Trek movies were pretty good, right? I only saw the first one with Chris Pine. I like the first one a lot. The second one, I'm kind of, eh, only because they went with what everybody knew they were going to go with, which was they dredged up the con storyline again but the third one beyond is my favorite that's I didn't really s- good yeah i didn't see the uh the last two but i'm uh but i actually have to i actually have to watch those um because i only i saw the first one i remember i got the first one i think it was like our first black friday at target and i remember seeing that movie on sale and i think i got it for five bucks and I watched it the same night. And that movie, that first one was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, if you need to reboot a sci-fi franchise, you can do worse than J.J. Abrams, you know. I definitely think that they're... Bleh, that there <laughs> have been... <laughs> that there have been way worse... I feel like at least his love for these movies comes from a genuine spot, and it's not like a cynical type thing you know yeah um you know speaking of possible reboots or this isn't necessarily a reboot but remember um to go back to last week how i was uh talking to you about the uh the lab zero uh the create one of the creators or producers of skull girls uh with some of the uh controversy he had got caught into with some of the sexual sexual inappropriateness yeah, yeah, you go on with what you have to say, finish your story, because I did look into this more, and I have some thoughts on this. So, yeah, so just to give everybody an update who didn't hear, so I believe it was this week, um, a lot of employees from Lab Zero Games resigned, and I think 
so far the the general consensus was everybody from the company came out with their story as well their experiences with uh mike z and you know they asked him also to essentially resign and i didn't know that he was one of the sole owners of lab zeros and the surprising thing was he kind of pulled a a wolf of wall street and was like i'm not leaving but the interesting thing is with all of these employees resigning um a lot of their content creators are kind of alluded to they were going to stop streaming and provide content for skull girls and um uh, you know move on to another game i'm kind of curious you know what his thought process into that was like is it a kind of this is my creation if it, if i'm gonna burn i'm gonna take it with me or you know was he even off was he offered something like a severance package to to leave and go somewhere else or you know just have your name taken off or something like i know like like what got me with this was uh, I thought about the uh, Donald Sterling situation when uh he got in trouble with uh using some racial epithets uh he was the owner of the Clippers team but he was forced to sell you know the team to somebody else but he still got like a payday from it and I wonder is that something you know was Mike Z you know was he given a chance to sell like his shares or his part of the company, or were they just legitimately asking him to leave? I mean, is he still there, or has he, has he left? As far as we know, he was there. Like, his statements, or the statements that came out this week, was were that they asked him to leave. Like, multiple people in the company asked him to leave. They thought, you know, hey, this heat is a little too much. You need to go ahead and resign. And he essentially put his foot down and vehemently said like I'm not going anywhere. I mean, all right, so this isn't a comment on anybody who's worked with him, but I did look into the whole Twitter controversy involving mm-hmm. him and I've got to be honest, just reading those texts back and forth, I don't understand where the controversy is. I I feel like at worst this is somebody who's very socially awkward mm-hmm. who maybe doesn't understand, you know, interpersonal conversation very well. And yeah, like maybe he should have backed up, but for many people those types mm-hmm. of signals aren't very easy to interpret. And I honestly feel like this I'm going to get accused of victim blaming either way, I feel like, but there is no victim in this situation. This was just somebody being awkward, and maybe this other person didn't realize they were being awkward and took it in a wrong way. But like I said, I, I just don't know what everybody's upset about. So I'm trying to find the, um, so yeah, I know what you're talking about, the, um, the it was like the it was a very awkward like text thread between uh him and this uh i believe it was um i don't know if she did like erotic cosplay or um was the conversation about uh 
Yeah, no, she started off sending him a message about a BDSM costume for one of the characters in the game. She started off the conversation, like, in that tone. So, okay, I can see, like, you know, yeah, he... Guy runs a company. He's a nerdy guy. I mean, we just learned some... We learned this past week that some conservatives don't know that women's pussies get wet with Ben Shapiro. (laughs) So, I mean, it's... (laughs) It's not to me, it's not outside the realm of possibility that this guy is just extremely awkward and probably doesn't see women very often. Okay, so I can agree with you on on those text messages. Like I said, the way that conversation was. um, Yeah, I could I could see that, but. So far, also this week, um, like I said, these were these uh, comments from the multiple Lab Zero staff members. Basically, they're saying, you know, how they worked with him and, you know, what they had to deal with. Like, um, one of the, uh, so here's a quote from one of them. It says, June was hard after the widely criticized racist joke and then inappropriate DMs. Other stories and other stories. Our team started speaking up, mentioned Cartwright. What we realized was the pattern of behavior that I don't think we had fully understood until then. A pattern of hostility, insults, threats, lying, and harassment that many of our team, that many on our team had not openly shared with each other before. June also noted the June incidents as inciting, but goes on to explain that the company had thereafter decided to ask Mike Z to leave. Shortly after the public exposure of Mike Z's interaction with the fan, the board and the rest of the employees decided that the best thing to make the workplace safe again was to ask Mike Z to leave Lab Zero. The board entered with negotiations with Mike Z for terms of separation while he was put on a paid administrative leave. His terms were unrealistically high and even potential illegally to force onto the company and his employees. What he was asking for was absolutely unacceptable and undeserving for someone who had wronged so many people for so many years. Rejected the majority of his terms continued June. With that last exchange, with that last exchange, Mike Z reversed his stance and said he will not leave the company. And he also removed all members of the board to assume full control of Lab Zero Games. It goes, it goes on. So this last paragraph it says, uh. It says, John Kim echoes these sentiments in his statement. We were fooled into thinking Mike was an awkward but well-meaning friend. When we finally got our notes together, we realized as a studio we couldn't go on and we needed Mike out. From July to August, the team tried to resolve this with Mike, but Mike refused to be reasonable. Mike used intimidating and potentially and potentially retaliatory tactics to bully the team while refusing responsibility for his actions. Then he gave all employees until August 31st to leave if they were unsatisfied. And so now we're here, wrote Kim. I mean, that's a rough situation. It's, it's his word against theirs and he's the one with all the power and now they don't have jobs. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I read some of the resignation uh, statements from them. Um, I don't think his awkward DM conversation, I think that was Candy Lynn considered to, you know, 
what I think he was uh, doing with some of his employees. It sounds like, uh, like I said, it sounds like, I mean, a lot of them said, you know, he made comments to them, like inappropriate sexual comments to them. Um, and then, so you, I, know, I remember one of them, I can't remember who I wish I had a quote here, but she stated, you know, she was, you know, told to work extremely uh, late hours or, you know, hey, risk your job, you know, for this, that and the third. Um, so it sounds like he was in. A, I don't know. It sounds like a. it sounds like a big mess. Um, but I, I don't know. It sounds like I, I feel like maybe he should have sold off his shares and maybe tried to, you know, come back later and create something new. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that route. I could also see the position where he where he's just like fuck it. If the ship goes, if I go down, I'm bringing the whole ship down. Like that's if he's really is that type of person, then that's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, because the um, because like I said, Skullgirls has a very you know they have a tight knit community. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on Steam on sale for like two to four dollars so many times um the net code is probably one of the best uh fighting game net codes out there um what really is gonna hurt him from doing this is uh you know a lot of the content creators stated that you know hey we're just we're gonna move on to another game like we can't like even after the the racist joke that he made um the, the I can't breathe joke that he made and that uh awkward DM. See, I did see that I can't breathe shit and like the dead silence afterwards was completely reflective of what I did too. Cause I was just like, okay, wrong comedic timing for everything. You know, you can joke about anything, just not not anything at whenever <laughs> time, you know. And especially when you have uh, a black female caster and, hey, this is like three to four days after George George Floyd's murder. <laughs> like, Yeah, that, uh, see that, now I'm just like, this guy may be, for all I know, he just may be an unsalvageable person, but it's say hard. Unsalvageable. I won't say unsalvageable, but, um. I don't know what you recommend for somebody who's extremely socially awkward or doesn't know how to maybe communicate with women or doesn't know how to be a good leader or uses, you know, certain tactics to, you know, get what he wants within the company. But um, I don't know. I'd like to see him in, you know, some rehabilitation therapy or something. Um, I do believe uh, most people deserve a second chance and, uh, while he fucked up a lot, I mean, it doesn't mean he can't uh turn around and, you know, try to uh evolve into a better person. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, dude, if you're out there listening, everybody's had the fighting game community pissed off at him at one point or another. You can come back from this. <laughs> That's just my two cents, I guess. <laughs> Everybody has had every video game community mad at him for one thing or another yes what you're being accused of is pretty bad but just keep your head down 
make an even better fighting game. Megadeth this. Well, yes. I think um, I think some of the players, like uh, some of these Smash players, I don't know if you have read some of the uh, things that were going on in that community, but uh, like with the involvement of uh, sexually inappropriateness with minors and grooming and uh, possible pedophilia, yeah, I don't think those guys are coming back. <laughs> No, I didn't hear anything about this, but I will say that I'm not particularly shocked by any of it. Um, I think it also goes to speak, like I said, that socially awkwardness um, and what people may or may not know is appropriate or it's kind of one of those things if, uh, yeah, well, if I'm getting away with this, it must be okay. But yeah, I encourage you to maybe uh go look up some things that were happening in the Smash community. It happened right around June. Um, yeah, like it imploded with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of cases, a bunch of people coming out. Um, like I said, you gotta remember, like even there are people as young as fourteen coming out with stories. Um, yeah, some I, I read probably I think about three of them, and after that I kind of just stopped and kind of muted it on my Twitter for a while because I'm like, uh, it's a little uh. It's a little sickening to read. That's fucked up, dude. Like, is it like... It's players who are taking advantage of these younger people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <clears throat> God damn. Have there been arrests made yet? No arrests made, but... um, There are, I believe, some cases have been filed. Good. Well... I'll definitely look into that. That's interesting. Yeah, but I wanted to, like I said, I saw that update and I wanted to uh, revisit that. Uh, like I said, I think, um, like you said, I think if he feels like if the ship is going down, he's going to go down with it. <laughs> it definitely seems that way. He He's not, doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to go quietly, you know? Yeah, I guess I guess it means that much to him, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just hoping. I know you're never gonna get rid of sexual harassment, racism, all this kind of stuff. I feel like that kind of thing's just endemic to being a human. I just hope that there's better shit ahead of us as a race. Because this stuff right now, you know, Smash players fucking children, that ain't cool. <laughs> like, that's the last thing I want to be podcasting about, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I said, um, you can do some due diligence and, and read up about that. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that was going on uh, in that community back in June. And um, from some pure, pretty reputable sources uh, who I follow, um, they had stated that, you know... It's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know, there's a lot more to come out. Um, like I said, I don't really go to major tournaments anymore. Um, I like to go hang out with my friends at locals. Every now and then I'll probably... Well, if local tur if major tournaments pop back up, because we don't know what the hell we're going to be doing next year, <laughs> um, I'd probably go for a day or whatnot and spectate and just see some people. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Like, just pro gaming as a whole like everybody's tr got to transition to online i guess 
Um, yeah, but I mean, like I said, this ain't first person shooters or Dota or League where, you know, yeah, like I, I know, like I'm, it's especially what I was trying to get at was like it's especially bad for fighting games where you that that frame frames are perfect, you know. Well, you I won't even say that it's um. Well, you know, one of the things that uh a lot of fighting games are doing now is they're putting in a Wi-Fi indicator. Really? Basically, like NRS was like one of the first. I believe they were one of the first to do it. If I'm, I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, like when you go into like your online rank mode, like when you accept a match or whatnot, it'll tell you, you know, basically show like the Wi-Fi signal if somebody's on Wi-Fi. See, that's that's good. Yeah, uh, because Tekken is about to start doing the same thing, and um. <laughs> when they when they stated well, on their last uh update cast they basically found out that over 50% of their users <laughs> were on Wi-Fi for PlayStation 4 so that that's all the indicator does is if a player's using Wi-Fi it shows that they're on Wi-Fi it shows that they're on Wi-Fi and you can it's up to you whether or not if you want to accept or decline the match all right, good. I was going to say whether they've got like a whitelist or blacklist system going on. That's good. Because that's, uh, I don't think people realize just exactly how much Wi-Fi, even if you're within very close proximity to your router, slows you down. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same at all, even if you are close. Yeah, not not even remotely. Yeah. But. I mean, if that's it, man, I think we're good. We've got over an hour and a half, so let me yeah. just oh, let me just stop the recording real quick. Okay. Make sure I get it. <laughs>